It is a new day and the last day for Lent. It is February 21st. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright. So happy to be with you on this Tuesday morning. As you know, each and every morning. Let's begin our day together in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I am so happy to be back with you today. Uh, Other than the show yesterday, I took the day off and celebrated my birthday with my family, entering a new decade. I'm 40 now, and, well, I don't feel any different. I don't look any different than Sunday, but here we are. Um, and so we may talk about that a little bit later on the show. But today we got some important stuff to get to. We're going to talk about the rosary for our radio listeners today. We are going to be talking about the Eucharist. We're going to be talking about the Holy Face. And uh, we have with us Steve Wood continuing our questions on youth and worldview. And, in fact, today we've got one that, uh, you know, I think we could probably spend four hours on. You'll have to stay tuned for that to find out what it is. First, you know, the biggest question on my mind as I walked out the door was, do I need a coat today? What's the weather going to be? So let's turn now to Mike Roberts for today's weather. Today is the feast day of St. Peter Damien, doctor of the church. Born in Italy in the 10th century, he was the youngest child in a family of nobles who had fallen on hard times. When his parents died, he was taken in by his oldest brother who mistreated him. And eventually, another brother, Domanius, took him in, and he was a priest who educated Peter. He was an outstanding student, and by the time he was in his mid-twenties, was already teaching with a reputation as an outstanding educator. Always drawn to hours of prayer and mortification, Peter eventually joined the Benedictines. His zeal for prayer and scripture consumed him, and he had a difficult time getting rest. After the abbot died, Peter was assigned the role, and in spite of his desire to remain in solitude, he took it and built five more hermitages. His skills could be seen all the way from Rome, and the Pope called upon him to resolve a number of disputes between the church and the government, and even within the church itself, as he pushed for reform. Among his many writings was Liber Gomorrhenus, a treatise attacking the many vices of the clergy and the church's refusal to deal with these abuses. One of his best friends, who also fought for reform, was Pope Gregory VII, who would lead the Gregorian Reformation. Peter was named Cardinal and Bishop of Ravenna. His writings include over 150 letters and more than 50 sermons. Though Peter retired, he remained a papal legate, and returning from one of his missions, he became ill and died at the age of 94. St. Peter Damien, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. So I mentioned before the weather that, you know, I I turned 40 yesterday and my mom called me last night and said, you don't look any different. Do you feel any different? I said, I just feel tired, but I think that's been going on for a few years now. And she says, well, you don't look any different, so don't fret too much. 
it was kind of weird. I'm, I'm going to be honest. It's, it's been a little weird approaching this birthday. But, you know, she said, you don't look any different. But as I look back at the last several years, you know, if you were to do a time lapse of photos of me, you know, maybe three times a year up until yesterday, well, I've changed quite a bit in 40 years from birth to school age to high school age, teenage years, college, young adult, even to when Beth and I got married. And then you see the progression as we have kids and my hair started to go from red to gray. I look a lot different now than I did even just five years ago. I mention this because every day, every day here on the show, we ask you to pray the rosary. Why? Well, because the Blessed Mother in many apparitions, most especially Fatima, says pray the rosary every day. And you may say, all right, Adam, I've been doing this for a week or so now, but I don't really feel any different. I don't really look any different. Life's not all that different. Well, I, you know, I get it. I don't look that different than I did two days ago when I was 39. But if you look at the average over time, I'm different. And I'm different since I started praying the rosary and endeavoring to pray it every day. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. Prayer to the Blessed Virgin. Oh, Mary, you desire so much to see Jesus loved. If you love me, this is the favor which I ask of you, to obtain for me a great personal love of Jesus Christ. You obtain from your Son whatever you please. Pray then for me that I may never lose the grace of God, and that I may increase in holiness and perfection from day to day. By that grief which you severed on Calvary, when you beheld Jesus expire on the cross, obtain for me a happy death, that by loving Jesus and you, my mother, on earth I may receive the reward of loving and blessing you eternally in heaven. We've been talking with Steve Wood about worldview over the past few weeks, and we're happy to have Steve back with us today as we look at question six of our seven questions. Steve, I I have to tell you, this is a loaded question here. What's wrong with the world, and what's the solution? Well, the bottom line, just with worldview, we're looking at the big questions. That's, That's the point. And I'm reminded of a call I had from a father out in California. He was representing a whole group of very faithful, dedicated, pious Catholic parents who read every book that you should read about parenting, who went to all the conferences, homeschooled, tried everything, and almost all of them have lost their kids to the faith. And they're saying, what did we miss? And that question actually has been kind of a guiding uh, impulse for me to try to really dig deep. And I think worldview is one of those things that is very often missed. And we're talking about the question, what's wrong with the world and what's the solution? These are what I would call redemption questions. Uh, It's going to involve the plan of salvation. It's usually what you hear in catechism and whatever, and moral training, but unless you get the first questions like, where do I come from? Where am I going? What's my purpose here? These aren't going to stick the way they can in today's world. So bottom line, what's wrong with the world? It's very simple. You you turn to the early chapters of the Bible, Genesis 3, you find original sin. You think, well, what, what does original sin have to do with anything? Well, what that did, it broke our primary relationship with God himself and God's the author of life and everything made on earth and in heaven and with that separation there was a profound change that occurred in human beings we went to be 
from being God-centered to being me-centered. And being me-centered me -centered is not very good for any relationship. <laughs> okay, what happened? Okay, you don't even have to turn the page in the Bible. After the relationship with God was severed, Adam goes to God making excuses for his sin. He says, well, the woman whom you gave me, she gave me the fruit and I ate. In other words, he's blaming his wife for his own act. And then you turn the page and we find polygamy, multiplication of wives, which isn't fair to any wife. Okay, And then on the same next page, we find Cain killing Abel that within the family, the breakup, first brothers, one kills the other. So that's what's wrong with the world once that relationship with god breaks it's like that whole string of dominoes they start falling and how do you put it together again now this is going to sound utterly simple but i don't want anybody to forget this the the course that i just mentioned is like humpty dumpty sat on a wall humpty dumpty had a great fall that's genesis 3 and all the king's soldiers and all the king's men couldn't put humpty dumpty back together again now, moderns are smart enough to know that all the king's men can't put us back together. No government program's going to do it. But walk into a big box store, and what do you see this huge section? Yes, there's a Christian section amongst the religion section, but this huge section called self-help. Now, if all the king's soldiers couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again, how in the world is Humpty going to put Humpty back to you? It's impossible, and yet that's what we do. If we were capable of putting our lives back together again, then Jesus would never have had to come. God would just expect us to go about our self-help way, read a couple of self-help books, and we're well on our way. But we have to restore a union with God, and we find out the harder we try, the worse we get because it's this me-centeredness. We've lost our relationship with God. So Jesus comes and restores our relationship with God. But it doesn't end there. For instance, in the Gospel of John, a very subtle book of the Bible, the first miracle that Jesus does uh, is at a wedding. In other words, the effect of his coming the effect of his establishing or reestablishing our relationship with God, it's going to spill over into marriages. It's going to strengthen the marriage relationship. It's going to strengthen the family relationship. So bottom line, what's wrong with the world, we've severed our primary relationship in life, and there's infinite consequences. We can't get along next to the person we're working next to. We can't get along with our roommate in college. We can't get along with our spouse. And we're looking for little techniques, little self-help. But the bottom line is we've lost our relationship with God. And that's what Jesus came to repair. And that needs to be put into a context that he's the one that made us. So he could, he's the one that can remake us. See, everybody, we all thought that when I asked Steve that question that we would have eight hours worth of stuff. Well, you know, there's this wrong with the world and this wrong with the world. But, Steve, you took us all back to the, the root, that we've separated ourselves from God. And when that relationship is broken, well, things fall apart. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it can even extend a little bit further because what's the big 
big deal today is the environmental movement and it's well intended we should take good care of the home that god gave us but you find that even man and woman were alienated from the earth it says after cain killed abel the earth is crying out and god tells it you're gonna have weeds instead of nice crops and so the whole thing can't be put together until that primary relationship is restored and you know when things go uh, haywire and maybe somebody's listening to me right now and things aren't going well in your relationships and life and stuff well why not even if you maybe were raised in a church, if you're a Catholic particularly, get to the sacrament of confession because all that does is restore that relationship. And I'm not saying everything in life is going to just immediately fall into place, but that's how you begin to restore life as a Christian. I laugh because yesterday was one of those days where my wife had to pick up all five kids from school. She had to get them home and then go back to the school a half hour later because our son had yearbook and we forgot about that. So really, she only picked up four kids, went back to get the fifth, then had to turn around and feed them dinner so she could get out the door and get to soccer practice because I had a commitment and she was just frustrated beyond belief. No one was listening and someone said to her, well, you just have to remain calm. And she said, you should come into this mess and you try to remain calm. It, it, it sounds like there's easy fixes in the self-help section, but I, I'm so glad you've reminded us today, Steve. There, there is no amount of self-help that can do what salvation can do, and especially that call to the sacrament of reconciliation. So this has been a, uh, I, I think of all our questions so far, this is my absolute favorite one. Well, they all fit together. It's part of a whole. Wonderful. Well, we look forward to continuing the conversation with Steve Wood very soon, and we'll be wrapping up with question number seven, but you're going to have to tune in to that to find out what question number seven is. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We'll be back after this. Prayer in a time of waiting. All-powerful and ever-living God, guard our churches, our homes, our schools, our hospitals, our factories, and all the places where we gather. Deliver us from harm and peril. Protect our land and the peoples from enemies within and without. Grant an early peace with victory founded upon justice. Instill in the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere a firm purpose to live forever in peace and goodwill toward all. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, here's a catechiz question for us today. We know it's Shrove Tuesday today, sometimes called Pancake Day, but why pancakes on Shrove Tuesday? Do you know the tradition behind why pancakes today? Well, it's actually pretty uh, easy. It's because, you know, you think you've got it difficult, kids. And I'm speaking to my old self. Oh, I have to fast tomorrow and I have to abstain from meat. And it's so hard is what I used to say and complain to my mother. Well, tomorrow we abstain from meat and we do fast. That's right. Two small meals and one regular sized meal. And the two small meals added together can't be bigger than the regular sized meal. But in days past, it wasn't just abstaining from meat. It was abstaining from all rich foods such as sugar and eggs and milk, and what's something you can make to use up all of those ingredients? Sugar, eggs, milk? Pancakes. And it was a great way to clear the cupboard before the season of Lent. Let's just use that as a little inspiration. You know, we know the minimums for the season of Lent. Fasting and abstinence tomorrow, abstinence for meat every Friday, and fasting again on Good Friday. But what are our maximums? What is it you can do with prayer and fasting this Lent to take it to a higher level? Let's get you one more check of the weather here and then the Daily Dose of Encouragement. A prayer to the Archangel Gabriel. O blessed Archangel Gabriel, 
we beseech thee, do thou intercede for us at the throne of divine mercy, in our present necessities, that, as thou didst denounce to Mary the mystery of the Incarnation, so, through thy prayers and patronage in heaven, we may obtain the benefits of the same, and sing the praise of God forever in the land of the living. Amen. Our topic this week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement is When We Think We Know Better, and Patty Schneier is going to walk us through this week with five words. Yesterday was humility. Patty, on this Tuesday, what word is in store for us? Today the word is obedience tough word for all of us because we as Americans very often, you know, think everything is democracy. We have a voice. We have a say. But the authority of Jesus Christ rests in our local bishop plain and simple. So the Catholic Church is not a democracy. It never has been, and it never will be. It's a boat. It's a boat, and it's carrying us to the shores of heaven in tumultuous waters, no doubt about it, but the vicar of Christ on earth is at the helm, and the magisterium is given to us to guide us. So... Jesus told his disciples, whoever hears you, hears me. Whoever rejects you, rejects me. And he was setting up obedience of we need to listen to those who are in authority, who are in charge with running the church, and we need to have a little bit of obedience ourselves. I will never forget this. I'll just tell a brief story. I was once speaking at a conference, and I'd been asked to give a number of talks over the course of three days. And for one of the presentations, I really felt like I should give a different talk on a different topic. And I felt that I knew better. I thought, I just don't want to give that talk. I just don't think it's going to go well. And I said this with a trusted friend. I said, I I really just think I should let them know I'm going to give a different talk. And she just looked at me and she goes, you know, you can never go wrong with obedience. Meaning they had asked me to do this. I said I was going to do this. And now I was changing my mind because I thought that I knew better. But she says, you can never go wrong with obedience. And so I abandoned my preference and I went with the talk that they had requested. But her words have rang through me and have stuck with me ever since on many, many issues, large and small. You can never go wrong with obedience. Even if you don't like the outcome, even if you don't understand, I'll at least be able to stand before God and say, I was obedient to your church. I was obedient to my pastor. I was obedient to the authorities that you've placed above me, Lord. So today, let's pray for obedience when we think we know better. Maybe we don't, and maybe we just need to have a little humility and obedience. You use the image of the church as a boat, and I think of the first time I went sailing, and everything was counterintuitive, and I thought, you know, if I were in charge here, I would do it this way. And the captain said, okay, well, you can be in charge for a moment. Let's just say it's a good thing that I am not the captain. Patty, thank you for this challenging word, obedience, today. As we wrap up the show today, I want to give you a little, uh, well, we just had the daily dose of encouragement, but I'll give you a, a little bonus encouragement here today. One of the great talks we heard over the weekend at the Catholic Men for Christ conference was from Deacon James Keating. He was actually just on the show a week or so ago, and uh, he was talking about fixing our gaze upon our Lord and hungering and thirsting for him, and that the world offers us all sorts of other pleasures, but you know... You can reach uh, for that drink thinking, well, one more drink might be the satisfaction I'm looking for, but it won't be there. You can reach for that food thinking one more bite is the satisfaction I'm looking for in life, but it's not going to be. You can reach for 
that vice, whatever that vice is for you. He went on to name several, whether that's, you know, for the, it was a men's conference. So whether we're talking about internet pornography, whether we're talking about drinking, whether we're talking about illicit substances, whether we're, you know, whatever it may be, it's not going to fulfill you. So this is a great reminder in this last day. Tomorrow we begin Lent. What are we giving up? And how does it help us keep our focus on Christ? Because there's nothing we could consume that would fill us and bring us fulfillment except for being in communion with our Lord. And that means one day getting to heaven. But we've got some work to do on this life. So I encourage you in these, as we begin this season tomorrow, prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting each and every day. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for being with us on another episode of Roadmap to Heaven today. And as we tell you each and every day, because the Blessed Mother wants you to, pray your rosary today.